Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. It's time, it's time for the Draft Dudes Podcast. What's better than this? Your hosts, the Draft Dudes themselves and co-founders of the Draft Network, Kyle Krabs and Joe Marino. Guys being dudes on the Draft Dudes Podcast. And it starts now. What's better than this? Guys being dudes here on the Draft Dudes Podcast. It's Joe Marino and Kyle Krabs. We're your hosts, Chris Schuber, floating around producing this thing. We're all from the Draft Network. We're brought to you by Bet Online, the number one spot for all your online sports wagering information. They have everything you can imagine Major League Baseball, NFL, golf, combat sports, esports, in game betting. It's all available for you on a super easy to use website that you can find on your desktop or your mobile device. Got a deal for you. Sign up today. You'll get a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. When you use our promo code BLEAV50, that's B-L-E-A-V-5-0, it's been online, and it's where the game starts. Kyle, happy TDN 100 release day to you. Bing bong, my guy. This has been a little bit in the making, huh? Since uh, June 1st, we've been working on this bad boy. So about three months uh, of our time as a scouting department, and yeah, happy TDM 100 day to you. How do you feel? You know, now that this is out here in the open and and all this work that we've been doing and laying the foundation for the season and kind of get to see some fruit bore from the labors this summer. It's been fun, man. It's been a good summer of scouting these players. Um, I think what I've really enjoyed is seeing everyone stack them up, right? We've talked about these prospects together as a group for hours upon hours. We've given presentations. We've talked about them. And then it was finally that opportunity that everyone had to stack them up, submit that ballot. And then, of course, you did all the grunt work behind the scenes, averaging it all together to put this together. But uh, I've I've enjoyed seeing, okay, well, who is higher on who? Who's lower on who? Like, how does that all play together to get this? And, and I think that's what's always my favorite part, usually when we get to this point in the process. Absolutely. And, uh, you know, like I know what looks normal to me. Right. Mm-hmm. And then like we do the podcast. So I kind of have a, a better understanding for you because we do end up doing podcast topics on a lot of these things. Whereas in the meetings, you hear everybody kind of put into words how they view the players. But then the actual valuation of those players is a very different animal versus, hey, here's the pros, the cons, the resume right now and how it could turn out. So uh, I agree with you completely in the way we, that we have it set up on the back end of the website and everybody will have their 100 ballot that comes out in the aftermath of this as well. But we wanted to get the consensus rankings out first and foremost. Everybody did zero or one to 100 and you put it all together. You averaged all the grades together and however that spit it out, that's your consensus rankings. 160 players got votes. Wow. For 100 spots across five scouts. That's a fun nugget. That's a really fun nugget. So, because we did, we've done over 350, probably close to 400. Yes. And so we submitted it down to 100, and that means 160 different players were represented. Almost, almost half of the players. That's crazy. That's good, though. That's good. I mean, that's, that's why we attack this process the way that we do. We want a very comprehensive look at this draft class. And, um, you know, it's, 
I, I think that's a testament to the way that we attack the the entire project of scouting players. Yeah, and it's also it's also a testament to just how wide open it is this time of year too, mm-hmm. right? It's like who do you, who do you see enough that you want to buy in on? And they're like, there's no wrong answer right now. So, uh, Chris, I, I'm going to welcome you into the party here because obviously we have a lot of TDA 100 content planned for this week. So I'd love to get your thoughts on what you think would be a compelling talking point for Joe and I to touch on that doesn't infringe too much on some of the other content that we are aspiring to create throughout the course of the week, this week and beyond. Yeah. I mean, I would just love to know why you guys all hate Michael Mayer so much. Don't have him as a top five player. You know, that's really where I'd like to start today's Uh, That's not true. I have him fourth. I'm just saying overall in the TDN, he's six. That's why I made (laughs) this. Three out of five of us have him in the top five. (laughs) That's, that's the best part about this is if there are consensus ranks that I don't line up with that somebody takes exception to, I will immediately say, well, don't blame me. I'm Michael Mayer, fourth overall. I have a question for you. I think this would be a fun conversation point. Sure. Something you said in your last little blurb there was, you know, just it's a fluid process. There's a lot to learn about players. Who is a player that, let's be honest, doesn't deserve, based on what they've shown to this point, to be as high as they are on your board? Oh, wow. But, but... You just like something about them, something about the makeup, the traits, the flashes has led to them being higher on your board than maybe, you know, okay. let's be honest. They probably well, should at this point. Um, here's the rankings for Tyler Harrell, <laughs> wide receiver, Alabama transfer from Louisville, who had 18 catches last year. Uh, 30th, 29th, 35th, 34th, and 42nd. There's only five ballots. He's in the top 42 on every single one of us. <laughs> 18 catches last year, but you, yeah. you see it on tape. And uh, that for me, I think in the same way that when we watched Jalen Waddle and you saw Jalen Waddle was not a volume receiver, but you just see how dynamic he is. And Jalen's probably a better route runner and a little bit more diverse than what Tyler Harrell is right now. Tyler Harrell is also six foot, 195 pounds. going to run a four, two something and is just indefensible on vertical routes. So a little bit more one-dimensional than than what Jalen was, but that's a player that you look at and it's like, dude, there ain't no way unless medicals or off the field gets in the way that this dude is not going to absolutely explode. And of course, he's uh, Nick Saban himself said that that Harold's been a little slower than Jermaine Burton getting assimilated into the offense because of some bumps and bruises this summer. But knock on wood, I officially put it out there into the world. Uh, we'll get 100% Tyler Harold to start of the season and all the way through. The player for me, Tyler Harrell, I figured we would get into um, because of the 18 catches. But, man, just a really special talent. The guy for me that is higher on the board than deserves to at this point, and I'm projecting a lot, is Broderick Jones, uh, this tackle oh, that's from a good Georgia. Having 31st on my board right now, Kyle. And we're talking about a guy that started four games. Four. Like, that's it to this point. Um, but I watched two of those games, um, Missouri and Tennessee from last year. And, and th- like Missouri and Tennessee, they've got a lot of NFL defensive linemen. So those are Tennessee good was tests. A good game. Right. Tennessee, Tennessee was, a good was a really good game. And I started with that. So the first impression was quite strong. And as we've sat here all summer and talked about, we need some offensive linemen to emerge. We really like what we've seen some Jalen Duncans from uh, Maryland. But Broderick Jones out of Georgia, man, like he's got the goods too. Um, like the way he slapped together, like still a young, like he's only a redshirt sophomore right now. 
So like he's still a young player developing his frame, but you still like the way he looks. You like the movement skills. His power was really, really noticeable. His ability to control people with his hands. I mean, when he got hands on, man, it was over. I just feel like the entire package here is really exciting and projecting some growth based on what we've seen in a small sample size and the physical skills. Like this is this is now my new tackle that I'm all about for this rising draft class. 31st on the board right now. More so um, than Jalen Duncan. No, Jalen, I could you see I got Jalen Duncan. I know you, Jay, you're, you're higher on Jalen Duncan than I am, and we're not gonna yeah. get too much into the no. you know what measuring right sure. now. Right. We'll, we'll save that a lot of that. This but. is another this is another example of Kyle bringing a player to a table and Joe ending up being higher on that player. This we, we are seeing it already play right. out. Right. It's happened already. And like I'm not low on Jalen Duncan either. I am 17th. Right. <laughs> right. That's what makes it even better. Uh, right. I have a player that I'm surprised neither of you mentioned to answer this question. Okay. And it's not really giving a lot away because we're going to talk about this position a lot over the course it's of the next year. Lettuce, I bet. Anthony Richardson, 37th. I think that's an interesting <laughs> conversation to be had. Yeah, Anthony Richardson is incredible tools, right? Mm-hmm. And he ended up higher for me than than maybe necessarily where I envisioned I was going to slot him when I watched him in a vacuum. But then I put him up against the other quarterbacks that I put in the mm-hmm. same bucket, mm-hmm. right? The, the Tanner McKees of the world. Tyler Van Dyke, I think, was a half tier below him. So for me, it became, okay, can I look at what Tanner McKee is as a player and look at what Anthony Richardson is as a player and project both of those guys forward and not put Richardson above Tanner McKee? And the answer was no. I wouldn't have felt comfortable doing that. So therefore, it facilitated probably by 10 to 15 spots um, a higher ranking for Richardson at 40. And that that generally falls in line with uh, the other grades given across the other guys, with the exception of Joe, uh, who very clearly hates Anthony Richardson. <laughs> Where do I? I have 57th on the board. You're lowest by like 16 spots. Correct. But he's also... I'm also higher. I think I might be the only one that has him as my QB four. I have him above both Van Dyke and McKee. Is that true for everybody? Uh, I do as well. Okay. Yes. All right. Good. Uh, I mean, Kid yeah. Rocks. I mean, the guy hasn't thrown 70 passing attempts yet in, in his life in, in Florida. So, um, you know, I um, want to see more, <laughs> but I certainly like what he offers. Like you mentioned, size, arm, talent, mobility. It's all there. He saw some really impressive throws in the minimum, you know, small sample size from last year. Um, he, it's all right there for him. He's just got to go do it. So I think it was pretty generous of me to grade a player 57th overall that has only thrown the ball 66 times in his career. I have a take. I have a take okay. on on Will Richards around. No, Anthony no, no. That's no, that, no, no. That's the Friday show. Takes on takes is the Friday show. Chris, we can't do takes here on enough. Monday. You know. I think Anthony Richardson is what a lot of people thought slash hope slash wanted DJ Uyunglele to be this time last year. I think that's fair. I think that's very fair. Now, would you say that DJ showed more in the Boston College and Notre Dame game than Anthony Richardson did, I guess, what was the LSU was his most extensive game he played? Probably, yeah. But I think the tools are better with Anthony. Yeah, I think Anthony's a better athlete. Yeah. Um, And I think that's that's a little bit of self-discipline on me because I was putting like DJ in the top 
top half of the first round of mock drafts. And I'm still just, I'm, I'm not there yet as far as constructing a mock draft right now, right now, because like you said, we need to see the sample size get a little bit bigger before you have that level of comfort projecting him forward. Shout out to um, Dame who had the most quarterbacks in his top 64 out of anybody on the list. <laughs> he he wasn't going to be late to the party. Was he on any of these guys? Nope. Nope, he, he got seven guys in. And there's others that he likes, too, that he didn't even slot. So right. if you want to get high on this uh, quarterback class, DP's your guy. Go talk to him. Meanwhile, you, curmudgeon, I'm, I'm surprised. Um, no, no support at all for Phil Dracovich. We, we talked about Phil Dracovich on Thursday or Friday last week on the staff meeting. And you heard the grade that I gave him, and you're like, eyebrows went up like you were surprised in a bad way. I didn't way. think you would like him. I just, I, I know you, and I just don't feel like he measures up with a lot of what you love about quarterback play. I mean, I, I, he's tough. He's a well, gamer. Well, oh, yeah, I hate those things. I'm not saying that you don't, but like, <laughs> you think his process is good? You're a process no, I guy. No, I don't. <laughs> so you could consider me surprised that you weren't all that high on him. It's fine. Like I thought were, Tyler Van Dyke's process was was bad too. I know, but I I I enjoyed. I did Van Dyke over the weekend. He's got a little more arm than I thought he did. He's got he's some got really some, easy juice on that ball. He's got a little more mobility than I thought he did, and so that was that was a really nice surprise to see. And but I guess I go back to the beginning of the year last year with Djokovic, Djokovic, and I felt. Like he was kind of the same things. Those two, those two qualifiers that you just had for Van Dyke, I also mm-hmm. felt based on before he got hurt last year, were applicable uh, for Phil as well. Maybe I maybe and I pre like you've heard Coach Halfley talk about what he went through last year and like tried to play through like a broken hand, and obviously he didn't showcase himself that well. I guess I, I with Phil, I just want to see what it looks like when, you know, he's not having to start for Boston College like after literally no preseason, right? Stepping in his right. first season, a really difficult situation, comes back, the injury, tries to play hurt, has some up and down moments. I mean, what was that game? Was it like five touchdowns and 400 yards? Night game, Virginia Tech, maybe something like that. You're like, what in the world? And then it's just like, you still have questions about, decision-making and can he just play within structure? Like if you, he's likable, but I, I just want to see it. I want to see it like under normal circumstances. He's, he's a confusing player for me. Yeah. He's a tough eval. Chris, yeah. what, what else? Um, did, did the Sonos remake the top 100? Oh, it's number one overall. Can't if you I even asked. Yeah, listen, experience TV, music, podcasts, and games like never before with the Sonos Ray. This new compact and easy-to-use soundbar puts you at the center of all your entertainment with clear, crisp dialogue and perfectly balanced bass. Just plug in the power cable, connect to your TV, and get set up in the Sonos app within minutes. Before you know it, you have blockbuster sound and streamlined control of content from all your favorite services. Visit Sonos.com to shop Ray now. So, Kyle, I think you were you were coming to me to see if there was anything else that stood out to me as the outside observer of all of this. Yes. Yeah. 
So, uh, listen, I'm not too afraid about giving away some of the themes of the content that's going to come this week because we're getting the whole TDN scouting staff together to have these conversations. So I'm okay with this. But two things that stood out to me. One, I I, listen, all you got to do is look at the board and you see a player that is ranked number four on our list. That's a running back. And I think you got (laughs) to just stop right there and at least mention that and have a conversation about it. So that's the first thing. And then the second thing I think is the way the top three corners slot themselves in. And again, there are deeper conversations to be had there with that. But I think for people who have been watching this process for a while to see those three names in that order might be a little surprising. Okay, so we're acknowledging Texas running back Bijan Robinson, number four overall on the TDN 100. That's the first thing we're acknowledging. He is the, correct me if I'm wrong. No, I'm wrong. Because some of us are obscenely high on another running back that's transferring into an SEC program this year. Um, Bijan's not the only top 32 running back. There is one more. But Bijan far and away, best ranked running back. Brentley Weissman put him second overall. <laughs> Loves him. I love his tape too. I had him fifth. Joe, you had him fourth. Um, I guess th- this is a, a good time to talk about how this isn't necessarily reflective of positional value. Uh, right. This is more just the the caliber of the player. And there's a difference between how we tier that versus how if we were on the board for a team, what our decision-making process would be like, right? goes back to like mock drafts versus big boards. Mm-hmm. And uh, one thing that is abundantly clear is if you were to identify the blue chip prospects, the blue chip players eligible right now, Bijan Robinson is included in that blue chip tier. Special talent. I mean, and, and there's just not a lot. Are there any questions? Like, he's... Big, explosive, powerful, vision, elusiveness, pass-catching ability, like inside-outside ability. Like there's nothing that he doesn't bring to the table, and most of it's at an extremely high level. And he gives you that big play potential. He profiles as a bell cow. I mean, you know me. I'm not in the business of taking running backs like in the top 10 or top 5, but it's undeniable to me that he's one of the best five football players in this draft based on what we've seen to this point. And so if you can just kind of strip it down to that, just appreciate Bijan for what he is and the talent that he represents at the running back position and the boxes that he checks, special guy, man, special guy. So here's the recipe for Bijan Robinson. By the way, I want some of the Bijan mustard. I don't know if you guys saw that. <laughs> that was week. cool, right? Yes. It yeah, was excellent. Good. Anybody who's not a fan of that, uh, get out, because that was just an excellent job all around by everybody. Yeah. Here's here's the recipe, pun intended, if you will, I guess. Mm. Starting early this week, Chris. Nicely Sorry. done. Um, for for B. John Robinson to be a top five player in the balloting for TDO 100. He's one of four players that was a consensus top 10 vote across all five scouts. There's only four players that had that mm. level of support Fun for everyone. Will Anderson, Jalen Carter, B. John Robinson, C.J. Stroud. That's it. That's the list. So, Yeah. If you have that kind of uniform support across all five guys, uh, odds are you're going to rank pretty high when you, you take the averages and you stack them all up. Man, Miles Murphy deserved to be part of that group, but Keith Sanchez, Keith. man, Keith, Keith, what the what's what's the deal, man? We'll have to talk to him about that. 
And Keith's responsible for two. For two Cam <laughs> for, Smith as well. Yeah. Right. Top tens for everybody except for well, Keith. Strong arm those two guys. That's um that's a beautiful segue, Joe. I'm glad you mentioned Cam Smith because the other question that Chris had was the distribution of the top three corners. Now, we have three corners in the top 15 in TDA 100. There are South Carolina's Cam Smith. He is CB1 consensus-wise. Elias Ricks, cornerback Alabama. He is the second corner consensus-wise. And then Keely Ringo, cornerback Georgia, which I think is probably a, a big surprise for a lot of people, given the universal support that he has from a lot of those in the, the draft community uh, to be the consensus top player. Uh, now, Keely Ringo was rated no lower from anybody on our team than 18th mm-hmm. and no higher than 15th. So a very consistent mid-teens player for us. But uh, you mentioned there were four top 10 votes for Cam Smith as a player. And Elias Ricks got some top 10 support as well from a couple of us on the staff. So I think a couple – I know I speak for – Myself and a couple of the guys on staff, and I'll, Joe, I'll let you speak for yourself here, but I know for a couple of us, Ringo is just, you want to see more, and you're not sure about transitionally. I think we both buy into Rick, we all buy into Ricks and Smith being better in transition and in short areas than what Ringo is right now. And what's the ceiling of that for a 6-2 player? In, in addition to just being a better anticipatory player. Right. I just feel like those two guys have it. So you're more dynamic in terms of short area quickness and transition ability, plus you're a more reactionary player. That's why. Like that's that's what that's what it sounds like we've all seen when when stacking these guys up. I think what's fun about them all is they all tackle, they all play mm-hmm. the ball, right? Like those are good like it's sometimes those are like components of the evaluation that are missing from top corners. Not these guys, man. They do that. And and Ringo, like I think with more time on task, he he can become a more anticipatory player. The question is, what type of restrictions is he going to have in terms of that ability to mirror and match and, and guys cross face to be able to close quickly and you know, drive back downhill quickly without kind of maintaining that cushion. So that's what I'm looking forward to seeing hopefully this year from, from him and, of course, playing in the SEC East. He's going to get a lot of great challenges to showcase that. Let me ask you this with Ringo. Was it was it tough for you to compartmentalize being a piece of that defensive personnel versus you got a chance to see Smith and you got a chance to see Ricks play also in the SEC, but in nowhere near of an environment mm. that really, I don't want to say it made life easy because it certainly didn't make, it's never easy to play on an island. Mm-hmm. But that Georgia defense was so good. And you'll see Alabama next to Eli- Elias Ricks' name, but remember, he was at LSU last year. Right. So Elias Ricks at LSU and Cam Smith at South Carolina still playing in the SEC, but not playing on perhaps historically the greatest defense in the history right. of college football. It's funny you say that because I never felt that way about the front seven guys. Like I, I didn't have a hard time evaluating Jordan Davis and Devontae sure. Lyon. Sure. Like that was easy. Dean and all those guys, even the safeties were easy to tell. But I think when you when you apply that to the corners, I think that's true. Like they've been able to hide a DeAndre Baker right at corner, not DeAndre Baker, the, the guy from Kendrick. this year, Darion, Darion Kendrick. Kendrick. <laughs> that was yeah. a little uh, Darion. Like, I, and I guy think that's a, just a te- guy ran a four eight. <laughs> 
pro. <laughs> it's unreal, right? Like, and this guy was a reasonable starting corner in the SEC. Right. Now the projection of the NFL, a little more cloudy. But I think that does you, you just shed some light on something that I've never really brought to fruition in my own head. But I do think that the that position in that defense is the easiest to make it tricky to really evaluate as comp- compared to really the other spots on the D. Hey, let me let me ask you this. Have you have you had a chance to you've obviously seen the full list, but have you seen how I stack them? Have you had a chance to kind of I've, thumb through? I've paid we, attention to it. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, we have the color coding to kind of showcase like who's high and who's low on who and mm-hmm. as JT O'Sullivan would say, who's who in the zoo, right? So mm-hmm. where did I disappoint you the most? <laughs> disappoint. Yeah, where, um, did I, where did I where did I let you down? <laughs> That's funny. Um, I guess what's what's interesting is I, I feel like you were higher on some guys than I than I expected you to. Um, but I, I'll say this. You're not into my little receivers again. Marvin Mims, Josh Downs. You're a little lower on those guys than me. I, I am. And then you proceed to be more than twice as low on Parker Washington. So how does that work? <laughs> we have our types. We have our types. He's a little sure. receiver. He's like 5'10". But he's like 210. Sure. He's got that dense frame. <laughs> he's not a big guy. He's not thick. a tall guy. He's thick, man. Not tall, but he's thick, dense. Those, those two guys that you mentioned were were hard guys for me to slot. Pun intended. Mims and downs. <laughs> Speed receivers, not big bodies. I don't think either one of them is Jahan Dotson. Would you say that's fair? Is, is that uh, a fair? St- Mims gave me some Dotson vibes. I will mm. say that. Like, I think he can get there. He also played in a wide open offense. I don't know. I thought he had a lot of free free air in the secondaries running running down. See, it's going to hate on all the Big 12 players, aren't we? It's not true. I have a Big 12 player uh, fifth overall, B. John Robinson. So I, I was I, – you came in – I like these players, but I didn't expect you to come in as high as you did on like Sean Tucker, Jaheim oh, Bell. You know, no – I watched Sean Tucker and I was totally wrong on him with my gut instinct. Wait, what? That dude's a baller. He's I mean, I know he is, baller. but he, he's really high on your board. He I is? love him, but like you he's love RB2 him. He's RB2 for me. I know that's blasphemy in, in the presence of everybody else on the draft on draft network scouting department, but like, sorry, like that's how I feel. You're not going to change my mind. I'm not asking you to change your mind. I just didn't expect you to be as high as you. And there was one more. So it was Sean Tucker, Jaheim Bell, like love him. Who was the other guy? I was a crazy were? high on Bell. 56th. 50, yeah, late two. He's a good player. Like I have, He's a good I, player. I agree. I had him just a little bit lower. I just, that, that was one that stood out to me. I'm just I was surprised you like Zach Evans as much as you did. In the in the Where'd same I, spirit of what you were saying with me and Sean yeah. Tucker, like I was really surprised to see Zach Evans running back transferring from TCU to Ole Miss, forty second on your board, sixty fifth. I think you're looking at the wrong column. No, I'm not. Oh no, no, you're right, forty second. Yeah. Oh wow. I trust I me. I put I put the whole spreadsheet together. Yeah. No, I just my my eyes were <laughs> in the wrong spot. Yeah. I saw the little column because we're in Google Sheets. I saw the little column right. light up underneath it for sixty five. I'm like, nope, that ain't it. And then you and went. Then for I went it. with it. Yeah, I went for it. <laughs> <laughs> um, 
Yeah, man, I think he's got a chance to be really special at Mississippi, and I, I thought the glimpses at TCU were really good. Um, I mean, I, I think he's – I think – I don't know what to say. I think he, I thought he, I thought he was a really dynamic football player. I got another one for you, Eric Gilbert. Okay. Tight end Georgia. Oh, man. I think he's going to be special, man. I think he's well, got I some can really, see that. Yeah, really exciting overall. athleticism. A big fan. I like this tight end class, man. Eric All was another fun email that I got too yes. late. I, could, yes. I put him above Laporta, man. Uh, we both have Eric All top 64. You have him 61st, I have him 52nd. Yeah, he's nice. Good tight end a, group this year. I have a wee-woo to close the show. Wee-woo. Oh, okay. We have, a starting no quarterback. we have a starting quarterback for the Carolina Panthers. It's Baker, right? They announced this last week. No, they have not officially announced it. They just now did. They made Baker the official. So they have officially announced it. Yes, they have, but not last week. They just officially announced it like two minutes ago. Glad they caught up to what everybody else already knew. I look forward to uh, seeing QB1 Friday night. I'll be at the game. Oh, yeah? Bills Panthers, yep. I'm in my feelings a little bit uh, because the Dolphins play the Eagles this weekend. On Saturday. But it's, it's in Miami. Oh, damn. Right. That's how I'm in my feelings. I saw Dolphins Eagles on the preseason schedule. I'm like, yes, let's go. And then, of course, your favorite team is playing your local team. Right. But you get yours at home. Right. Well, I think I think it's a little bit on purpose. There's so many Buffalonians that moved to the Charlotte area. It's like a good draw. Why is that a thing? Because Bills fans are going to show up in Charlotte. No, I understand the thought process on scheduling the game, but why do Buffalo Buffaloians why do why does the herd migrate to Charlotte, North Carolina. What's like? What's this is the hot spot, man? We started a trend in the mid '90s. Everybody came to Charlotte. You guys were ahead of the curve. We're ahead of the curve. Yeah, uh, just like Kyle and, Krabs with Sean Tucker RB two. Head of the right. curve. Heard it here first. Kyle Krabs. Marino. <laughs> I love Sean Tucker. RB3, Chris Schubert, though. the draft dudes. TDM one hundred is out. Go take a look over the DriveNetwork.com. We got a ton of great content coming this week, planned as a result on social, video, audio, written. You name it, look for it. Thanks for friends over at Online for their continued support of the show as well. Have a great rest of your Monday. We'll talk with you guys again tomorrow. Thanks for being here for another episode of the Draft Dudes Podcast. Be sure to subscribe so you don't miss the next episode. While you are at it, help the dudes out by leaving a rating and review. Want more? Head over to www.thedraftnetwork.com. Or follow us at The Draft Network on Twitter, Instagram, and YouTube. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.